Hello and welcome back to Creating a Positive Impact, the podcast where we get to know the people who are trying to make the world a better place in their own unique way. Just a really quick reminder, you can subscribe and rate this podcast if you so wish. If you want to show your support for what we do here, that would be really quite amazing. Today, I am joined by Evie Waxman of Damn Good. Now, much like when we spoke to Ed Rigg of Eager Drinks in episode three, it might not be totally obvious why someone selling cookies is deemed as creating a positive impact. But just like Ed's are about to find out, Evie is doing much more than that. She and the Damn Good team are about more than just selling cookies. They are a platform for creating awareness of positive body image, feeling good in your own skin and just being comfortable with who you are. They work in the crossover between food and mental health. It's an area I don't know a huge amount about and so if you don't either, stick around because I learned a lot speaking with Evie and I think you could too. Evie, hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. What have you been up to? Actually, I've been working from home this morning. I've got a couple of meetings after this, so I'm just keeping out of the heat at the moment, to be honest. I know. It's, it's been a lot nicer than it has been recently, so fingers crossed it it stays like it's that. Stay, we'll, uh, we'll get into to all the, the nitty-gritty of what it's like to be running a business. Don't worry. We'll, we'll definitely be covering <laughs> that. But the first thing that we like to do is just go back and get some context for those of us that, that haven't heard of you before or heard of Damn Good. So just take us back to the beginning, your story, how all this got started for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll do a quick intro to myself. Um, I'm Evie. I'm the founder of Damn Good. Uh, we're a plant-based and clean label snacking brand uh, that produces a range of delicious cookies. Um, but we have a focus on targeting or speaking out directly against the toxic diet culture industry and on a mission to sort of empower people to feel damn good damn sexy that's all all you want to hear in our own skin and I guess moving taking that anti-diet culture aspect that's sort of where and why I started the business in the first place so we look fast rewind sorry rewind quite a few years now so I actually started the business several years ago now under a completely different brand name, so Raw Bake Station. But the reason for me really starting the business was because I struggled and had a really troubled relationship with food and my body image and how I felt towards myself and how I felt in my body. And so when I started learning a bit more about nutrition, and we can go into a bit more of depth of that, my sort of disordered eating later, but when I started to get more to grips with with my disordered eating and like nutrition as a whole, I realized that I wanted to create products that I could personally enjoy without feeling guilty. And so those were products that I felt comfortable eating that were sort of plant-based, they were clean label, I knew exactly what was in the products. And so that's sort of what stirred me on to start my business in the first place. Fast forward to today, we've changed our brand mission to align with the reason why I started the business in the first place. So that's sort of where we're up to at the moment. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, let's go into some of the, the details then. You mentioned that you grew up with an eating disorder. Now, eating disorder is something that I have little to no, certainly no experience and actually very little knowledge on, even though my, my wife actually grew up in her teenage years with an eating disorder. It's not something I know anywhere near enough about. So I'm very keen to, to learn from you today. Yeah. I mean, just kind of walk us through your, your personal story in that respect and whatever you're comfortable to share with me today and how that kind of shaped your decisions when building the brand. 
Yeah, so I know I'm super open about talking about my own journey with food. It's actually something that I think needs to be spoken more about and isn't. I'd say for, for myself, from what I from when I remember, I started really when I was around sort of 11, 12, where I really started to notice a change in the way that I felt towards myself and my own body image and food, etc. And I think really there were two different elements into why what, what impacted this sort of change in behavior and attitude. I think one, certainly, which is very relatable to a lot of young girls and men and guys, sorry. I'm not sure if you can call an 11-year-old man yet, but I'd say <laughs> that really, really it was to do with what was put out in the media and sort of this sick thing model, sorry, that was like shoved in your faces as a young child. Things are very different now. Obviously, people are a bit more cautious about the content that they put out there, but... Certainly when I was younger, that was the main image that beauty equated to how skinny you were. And then also at the same time, you're comparing yourself to a lot of other girls in your school, etc. And this was the same for a lot of my peers as well. I think the other side of the bit that impacted me was really through my home life and my childhood and my upbringing. And so that those both of those elements in my life, both the media, the pressure of looking a certain way, and then the sort of instability in my home childhood really impacted me in a probably a very negative way. And so, like I said, from the age of 11 or 12, I started to develop a negative attitude towards food and went through, God, I did it all, disordered eating, restricting myself. I was fairly bulimic. I used to have a diary that I wrote in talking about my weight, weighing myself every day. Like it was a very obsessive, I was very obsessed with my weight and the way that I looked. And I think this kind of stirred and went on and through to like my mid-20s, to be honest. It was only until I really started getting a bit more of an understanding around nutrition and food that I really started to unpick and unwind all of these negative habits that I'd picked up. And mainly because I moved to Australia for three years. And so I was surrounded by a different group of people that had a different outlook on food and body image and had probably a healthier attitudes towards their own body image. It was getting to the point where I wouldn't go to certain restaurants because there was nothing that I could eat. I wouldn't be happy going to people's houses for dinner. I would avoid situations like that. It really was taking over a lot of my life. And so I think that's sort of where that was the pivotal moment in my life, mid twenties, where I thought, I really need to do something about this because I don't want to go into my late twenties and then eventually thirties still being controlled by something which we should get enjoyment out of. And so that really was where my business idea came from. I started Damn Good several years ago now, really because I wanted to create a product that, like I said earlier, that I felt really comfortable in eating myself and that wasn't full of crap, essentially. So that wasn't full of chemicals. It wasn't full of additives. It wasn't full of sugar. And like, not to say that, you know, sugar is bad for you, but also it's to say that it was just the foods that I didn't feel comfortable eating at that time. And so when I started the business several years ago, it, that was where it stemmed from. That was where the, the idea was born from. And we have changed a fair bit over the past few years. We came onto the market under a brand name, Raw Bake Station. We went probably far too the other way in terms of we were super low sugar, super no naughties, very this, very that, but we actually lacked in flavor and taste. We all know that we all want a lot of flavor in our life, whether that's coming from food, love, yeah. friendship, 
And so really, we've redeveloped ourselves now, really focusing more on the mission that we're on, which is to empower people to feel damn good in their own skin. I hope that answered your question. I certainly did. Yes, very much so. I wanted to pick up on on a word that you actually used a number of times in that kind of backstory, and that was control. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about the lack of control or kind of the, yeah, I, I suppose the lack of control that you felt with food, because that's certainly something I've never experienced, couldn't even imagine. So tell me what that was like for you. I think it's more a, a lack of control in your life is what I meant. And again, probably through learnings, through therapy, that's that's a word that they're all, how they explain why people go, oh, develop a food eating disorder, sorry. And so I think really when I say lack of control, like when you have a lack of control in your life or you feel a certain way or you don't feel good in your own skin, then you would look either, most people either look towards food or perhaps it's drugs or perhaps it's alcohol that facilitates their negative feelings about themselves and take that takes them out from a space and makes them feel more in control of their life I think when you're looking at control around food and I think for me when obviously I felt a lack of control in my life I then controlled the way I acted around food so that would be either through restricting and not eating at all or not eating enough or it would be through a period of binge eating and, and bulimic behavior. And so I think that's what I was getting at when I used the word control. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I, yeah, to be honest, can't, I can't fully empathize with that because it's just not something that I've, I, I can empathize, I can't sympathize. I've not been there myself. So it, it's actually really, yeah. it is educational to, to hear from people who have been there yeah. and, and been through that and gone through those struggles. So I think it's quite it, the numbers and the stats of the amount of people that struggle with their own body image or with a poor relationship with food is is wild. So around 70% of us at some point in our lives will struggle with relationship towards food. And in fact, wow. sort of through my own sort of research and because of the mission that we're on and the people that we're trying to speak to and the, the organizations that we're supporting came across that it was in the news not that long ago. So you might have seen it yourself, but the NHS has seen record numbers of eating disorder patients come through the door in the last five years. And so it's a really growing concern. And so it's something that as I put on a personal mission and a brand, we're really trying to tackle. So, yeah, the, the connection between mental health and, and our relationship with food is, is an interesting one. And again, it's not one I understand particularly well. Can you kind of share your insights on, on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think perhaps I touched on it a bit earlier, but looking at it from my own point of view, I think the connection between mental health and food is that if you're happy in your own skin, then you wouldn't be developing negative habits or relationships towards food and your diet. Um, and I think that's first and foremost, I think there's quite a few different answers to this question, but I think that's one that I definitely want to put out there. I think it all has to stem from how you feel within your own skin. And then, for instance, looking at it from a nutritional perspective, I know from, again, from a personal experience that if I eat well, I drink a lot of water, I work out, I generally feel really good in my body and my mind. And we know that eating sort of a healthy and well-balanced diet, you know, it encourages like energy levels, concentration levels, more time to think clearly. And then on the flip side, eating a, what a diet consists of sort of ultra processed food, and the impact that can have on your mental health leaves you feeling sluggish, bloated, um, less energy levels, and generally just feeling a bit crap in yourself. 
And so I think that's really the, the connection between mental health and food, right? So you've got the developing an eating disordered or disordered eating and where it's come from. And that's because if you have poor mental health, then you might use something like food to control whatever's going on in your life. And then if you're looking at the ways to boost or improve your mental health, then of course, yes, you want to be eliminating foods such as ultra processed foods or junk foods. And so I think there's two different answers to that question. Whilst I've done a nutrition course, I'm not a fully qualified nutritionist. And so I'm not here to tell people what to eat, but more tell or advise people on how to build healthier relationships with their food and how to feel better within their own skin and to sort of accept your body for what it is because we're all beautiful. We all come in different shapes and sizes. And I think true confidence comes from accepting yourself as you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that there's an interesting kind of dichotomy between kind of accepting who you are on, on, on the one hand yeah. and the, the person that, that you want to be. And I think people sometimes get those two things confused, like they, they rub against each other, but actually they go totally in hand because if you've got an idea of where you want to be and the, the person you want to be and what that looks like, then you have to start by acknowledging and accepting where you are now, right? Exactly. Like you can't, can't have one without the other. And I think when people hear the idea of accept yourself as they are that means give up and just that's yeah. it but it, that's not the case at all it's acknowledging where you are now understanding a certain amount of decisions and background went into that person and so it stands to reason then that the next you know kind of the actions you take over the next five ten years are going to equate to that new person so yeah yeah i think they actually go hand in hand and often just a bit of a like they can't you can't do one without the other no exactly we've all got to start somewhere right and it's just a case of I think people are very self-critical. You know, I used to be extremely critical of myself even when even when I was at my smallest. And so I think it's a case of accepting yourself as you are today. And if there's things that you want to improve, then work towards them. I think it's a case of not sitting in this bubble of like pain and looking at what's causing those issues in your life, addressing them, and that then you can sort of move forward. And again, that kind of relates back to our sort of like branding and packaging and the use of that inner demon and a devil on packs. It's again to to encourage consumers, people like you and I, to really do the inner work because from the inner work, that's when it comes like your outer shine. Here's something you might be able to help me with actually. What would you say to someone, someone like me who doesn't personally sort of struggle with this? To, to look out for what would be signs for me to look out for in someone that I know that they may well have an eating disorder that's that's not totally obvious is there anything that's kind of you keep seeing that's as sort of as symptoms almost or is it very very hard to, to see in someone until they tell you I think it's incredibly hard to to see I think that there's two different things here so you know if you're severely anorexic it's very obvious to the to the public eye or to all eyes um, that that person has a condition and is you know is ill essentially. For someone that is has disordered eating, it's extremely difficult to know and to understand because maybe they don't look like they're too skinny or too this or too that, but actually inside they're in a lot of pain. And I think you know. It, uh, whilst it's difficult, I think there are some, some I say, uh, telltale tell, tell, tell signs, you know, such as 
people that don't want to eat around, you know, if you're going out for lunch and someone's avoiding having food with you, maybe they join after dinner, after the lunch all the time, or after dinner all the time, or perhaps they say they've eaten before. I think that's the telltale saying for someone that does this repeatedly, that maybe you haven't noticed them eating as much lately. Someone that's talking about their weight a lot. I think that's another sign as well, that someone's becoming a bit obsessive with the way that they look and how they feel in themselves. And someone that maybe talks negatively about themselves as well, perhaps doesn't necessarily indicate an eating disorder, disordered eating, but it definitely does indicate self-worth issues, which need to be addressed as well. So I'd probably say those are the two big signs, or those are the few big signs, um, but it is really, really difficult to to seek out, I'd say. Mm. No, amazing. Thank you for that. That's that's really useful. I guess then that speaks to the, the importance of the, the conversation element, right? Exactly. And kind of creating awareness and, and sort of safe, you know, relationships for these conversations to kind of to, to come out, um, which again, to your point, kind of it ties into more of the general mental health conversation that we have. And and personally, I think that's going in a really positive direction. I, I'm yeah. seeing a lot of kind of progress in that and, and certainly from from when I was younger. And it's just, uh, it's really nice to see that that progressing in, in different ways. And obviously you're, you're now a, a big part of that, which is great kind of in the in the food world. And I suppose, okay, on, on that then, how practically, how does that look for you guys? What are you doing? Obviously, you mentioned the, the products you've got. So let's look at that holistically, what you guys as a brand are doing to combat that problem. And I'm guessing yeah. hopefully get less people in the position you were in and, and better educated. I, I'm assuming education's part of it as well as the actual products themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, we produce cookies. So when you think about uh, cookies to the mental health and the mission that we're on, there is obviously like a very weak, uh, weak link, sorry, not weak link. And so really for us, it's all about the communication, the education, the comms that we're putting out there. What we're trying to do is we're trying to be, or we are, I'd say, much more than just a business that produces delicious cookies that happen to make you feel good because they're not full of the crap that you'd find in your everyday sweet treats. We're trying to be a business that's or a platform that's building positive mental well-being and pushing on mental sustainability. And so, you know, whilst lots of brands are hammering on about planet sustainability and the environment which is absolutely right because we need to do there's a lot to address there and we need to be doing a lot more there too and we're obviously doing our fab share we're sort of we're plant-based we work with local suppliers xyz our main mission is pushing mental sustainability and so like how we're doing that from outside of the product itself is through like damn good campaigns they want One of our campaigns is our Sweet It Forward campaign, uh, which is all about reminding ourselves and reminding our loved ones that they're damn good enough. And so just like the way we saw the Coffee Pay It Forward campaign where you would buy a coffee for the homeless person or the person behind you to sweeten their day, that's essentially what we're trying to do as well. So through damn good campaigns, damn good products that are going to make you feel good, and through damn good brand awareness and education. So whether that's through coming on podcasts like this, which I'm really grateful to be on, our own podcast itself, off our social media, the messages that we put on packaging, the organizations that we support. So we support um, Seed, which is an eating disorders charity that supports the journey that people go on through through the eating disorder at the very start to the very end. And so I think through all of that, I think that's how we're trying to combat these issues and really just making it 
not so much a taboo topic. Having spoken to quite a few people over the last like year or so, so many people struggle and go through issues like this, but it's always kept secret. There's a lot of guilt and shame associated around eating disorders, and it's not really seen or heard as much upon as a drug problem or an alcohol problem. And so people usually suffer in silence. And so for us and for me, what I want to be able to do is to make people feel not alone in their issues. And it, and it's, it stems much further than just eating disorders, right? So let's talking about myself, if I was happy in myself and where I was in my life, I wouldn't have gone to food to and used food as a coping mechanism, just like people wouldn't go to drugs to use as a coping mechanism. And so we're looking at mental health holistically and that surrounds, you know, feelings of self-worth and self-confidence and feeling good in your own skin. And so what we're really striving to do is to empower people to feel damn good in their own skin. And I think looking at the bigger picture really is the, is what we're pushing. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's Maybe it's just very hard to speak about because maybe it's a case of drugs and alcohol sound very dangerous and like very obvious problems exactly. right? if you have a drug addiction that's not a good thing but do you think there are similarities then with food that they can be equally as addictive and, and as damaging if not got to grips with yeah absolutely i think food addiction is is one thing so it's food addiction is just the same as or not the same but similar to a cocaine addiction so you can become addicted to food whether that's overeating or undereating. And again, it's it all comes down to the same thing, right? It all comes down to that inner work that people need to do on themselves and how they feel about themselves in their own skin. And what's scary actually is that you look at, so obviously I mentioned before, like the NHS seeing a rising number of cases. And personally, I feel like it's a lot to do, you know, it's, it's a cruel world out there. We're, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, whether it's the way that we look or our careers or how much money we have and all of that. And that's because we were built to, to be like this. And I think for the younger generation, particularly with social media, especially, there's so many things you've got photoshopping, filters, like editing, X, Y, Z. And I think it's becoming more and more prominent in a younger child's life to be constantly online looking at other people and how how amazing their life is, how much how like how amazing they look, etc. And so I think it is really scary. I think it's something that needs to be talked more about. I think there's a lot that is be- is being done at the moment. There's a huge movement on body positivity and self-love and body confidence and body acceptance. And that's great. But I think there's not a lot of voices out there that are speaking directly to this cause. And so I think, as I mentioned, through the work that we're going to do, hopefully we'll be able to help a lot more people and the work that Seed are doing, the charity that I mentioned, you know, what they're doing is fantastic. So I think there's a lot more that we can be doing and a lot, and I think there needs to be a bit more, a lot more resources that people can find online. Let's talk about the the fun stuff, the nice stuff, the actual products that, that you guys have made and come up with and people can enjoy. Tell us, just get into the details of that, what you're actually selling at the moment, the, what we can try, where we can find them. And I guess I'm also actually keen to know who they're aimed at. Are they, anyone can eat a cookie, right? But are you really trying to, you're aiming at people with eating disorders or, or those kind of issues or, or people that know others that do. Yeah, give yeah. us the info on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we produce, as I mentioned at the start, a delicious range of plant-based and clean label cookies. They're essentially sort of like your grab-and-go packs that you get six cookies per bag. Probably they're single-serving. We class them as shareable, not that you would want to share them, <laughs> but 
We are a <laughs> they're gluten free, dairy free, and as I mentioned, free from like chemicals and additives. Source of source or high in, source of or high in fiber, which obviously is good for gut health. And so, where you can find them, obviously, you can find them on our website or on Amazon. But also, we sell into a number of co-op stores, around around six hundred co-op stores across the UK, so nationwide. Ocado, Dalesford, uh, we're launching into a much larger retailer in January, but I can't say too much on that. But it's all very exciting. And really, they're designed for everyone. They're designed for people that are looking for a sweet treat without all of that garbage, without all of that artificial stuff that's in the products. And, you know, what what we're trying to push is that great tasting food doesn't have to sacrifice on taste, essentially. And so there's no one really that we're predominantly aiming at. I think we're aiming... To, for the mass market, which is why we redeveloped our whole range in the first place. I think the message on our pack, I think it re- will resonate with everyone. As I mentioned, we're speaking holistically and much higher on sort of mental health as a whole. And sort of, I guess the product itself is delicious and the branding and the packaging really resonates with a lot of people. I mean, on our packs, we have little devil icons and characters, which represents the inner devil or inner demon that we all have inside all of us right we all have that inner critic that might tell us oh you can't go you can't go off to that job you can't do this or like you're not good enough and blah 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 and i think that inner demon on our packs is to remind people that actually we need to face our inner demons and tell them to f off really and but work on them (laughs) and then to free ourselves from our fears essentially and then on the back of our packaging, we speak about sort of like, again, just a little touch, touching message to remind people to remind their loved ones that they're damn good enough. So when you say who they're targeted for, I would love to say everyone. Everyone goes through lives having highs and lows, right? Life isn't perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I really, I, I admire the, uh, the playfulness, to be honest. I think it's a, a really <laughs> underestimated tool of, of communication, especially for things that are actually quite sensitive subjects you know if you look at the root causes of how damn good came about these are very real problems but the playfulness yeah. and the humor goes such a long way to, to to making it accessible and i think at, to your point trying to get more people to, to talk about this stuff and to bring attention to it humor is a great way to do that and, and playfulness is a really key kind of we think about a lot when we talk about mindfulness like it you can go down a route of being very serious and kind of focus but playfulness is such a key thing so i've got big admiration for that and how you work that into the brand and further from that admiration on getting to where you're at right now like launching a food brand is really hard work and i've not done it myself but i know people that have tried that have felt so just big well done on that front i think it's amazing when you see these brands that start so small and just with a really good solid mission and see that grow and you know get into the supermarkets and things but it, it feels like just the start to me, for, for you guys. Like, I'm really keen to know where you're heading. Like, you've obviously you've gone through this rebrand, which is a, you know, a, a kind of a milestone point. But what does the future look like? Where, where do you go from here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, we launched our rebrand sort of last month. And so we're out in the market at the moment. Our cookies are selling. We've got four in the four SKUs in the line, so four flavors, four delicious flavors. And I think for us is, I touched on it earlier, but we're more than just a cookie brand. We're a platform for mental health and for reminding people that they're not on their own with whatever they're going through, whether that's eating disorders or any other form of mental health issues. You know, eating disorders is is at the heart of our brand, of course. 
But so I think on that front, I think we are striving for mental sustainability. We are pushing our campaigns. And I want to, I want the brand to become recognized as that friend and that voice that holds people up when they're feeling a bit down. Now, where, where, what that looks like essentially over the next few years is yes, of course, we've got our products out in a number of retailers at the moment. We're launching into a further bigger, much bigger retailer in January. And I think from as we want to dominate, I say that with grace, but dominate the UK market <laughs> and get into all of the other larger retailers and hit into quite a lot of food service. Our products are really suited to coffee shops, cookies and coffee is delicious. But I would say that we are extending our product range. So launching a whole new range of actually savory snacks, which is very exciting. Never ever done savory before, but really excited about that. And um, so developing a new product range, which we're launching middle of 2024, which is crazy to think about. This year has already gone so fast. Yeah. And then obviously launching into other markets. So at the moment we look, we work with uh, the UAE. We launched into Germany not that long ago. We're working with the Netherlands as well. But I think eventually we want to sort of hit Australia and America and essentially just spread the damn good message. That is that is the plan. Australia would obviously be quite nice for you to kind of oh, go be back full circle, to, I suppose, yeah. in a way, wouldn't it? To, 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 yeah, that would be really quite nice. You mentioned earlier on that taste was something that you were missing in the first kind of idea that yeah. you had. And as you progressed, taste was something built back in and improved. And am I right in thinking that's official? There's, a, there's an award in place to, to say that? There is. You are certainly right. Yeah, I'm super proud, actually, because we actually submitted our products last year to the Great Taste Awards from our old range and didn't get a award from it. And so to get an award this year has, yeah, it's been amazing. And also like, it really helps with retailer conversations, to be honest, and also to, for consumers to recognize and pick up a new product. And so, yeah, we went to Great Taste Awards for two out of four of our range, um, which is really exciting. So that's our salted double chocolate flavor with a hint of hazelnuts and our ginger chocolate and orange flavor, which is delicious if you're a fan of ginger, it is the one for you. And then, yeah, we've also been shortlisted for the Great British Food Awards, which we'll find out actually the results in a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully I'll be able to share some good news, further good news with you soon. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed for you on that one. It's funny, actually, ginger kind of tears this house apart. My wife absolutely loves it. And for me, if if it's in something, it's not not that I don't like it, but it's... It's quite an overpowering flavour for me. I think if it's in something, I notice it and it's all I can taste. But there we oh, go. I'm that's, the sort of person that has ginger shots like, every single morning. So, <laughs> Wow, wow. Yeah, no, my wife's exactly the same. She loves all that. I'd be much more on the kind of the salted caramel hazelnut vibe. That's more kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something for everyone. I suppose then, you know, as we look to that future and, and, and where you're going, I'm guessing that success for you guys could mean a number of things. And I'm always interested to hear about people's idea of of success and what it means because I think it is a very personal thing and it is different for everyone so what might what might be a clear indicator for you or for damn good that yeah you know what we have done a really good thing we have made an impact in this this world what might that look like to you yeah yeah I think success comes in many forms right I think when I look at success in my personal life it's about being happy and having mem- good positive memories and feeling good in my own skin on a day-to-day basis. That's what success looks like for me. I think when it comes to damn good and as a business, I think there's two different avenues there or paths. 
One of which is, of course, if we're getting into all of the larger retailers, we're building on our revenue, we're getting into more sales, becoming more recognizable. That's obviously a sign of success. But looking deeper into that, looking at sort of the mission that we're on, I think really I'm touched every time that we get a message to say your the comms that you're putting out, the, the products, you sharing your own story about your own uh, troubled relationship with food has really positively impacted me and my day. And just to get one message like that from one consumer who doesn't know you, who's just happened to stumble across your product or stumble across your account to say that you've positively, positively impacted their life, that is what success looks like as well to me. And so obviously we want to see that on a much larger scale. I think one one way to measure that, one is of course is receiving that news from those consumers, so directly, but also the fact that probably getting involved in our Sweet It Forward campaign, which you can take part of on our website and sending messages, personalized messages, which you can do in the boxes onto other people in their life. So that campaign and how many people get involved in that will be a true reflection on whether we've really communicated our mission well enough. We'll certainly have uh, links to that in the show notes. So for, for those yeah. listening, you can click there and, and see what's, get, how to get more involved with that. Just as we wrap up, the last thing that we like to do on this show is to take a step back from you and the business and just give you an opportunity to mention someone, to acknowledge someone that you think is doing some really incredible work to make the world a better place, whether that be some, you know, personally or otherwise famous or not, a business, an organization, an individual, just anyone that you think is worth mentioning and and why? Um, I would say there's quite a few people that I could probably list out here. Um, one in particular that comes to mind is probably Gemma Oten, who is the CEO and founder of Seed. We've been doing quite a lot of work together recently. I think her own personal story of her own challenges with food, body image, and now what she's doing to help others, I think is truly admirable. And I, yes, yeah, so I probably would say her. I think anyone that puts other people first, in my eyes, is someone to be admired. Evie, thank you so much for that. That's been brilliant. I've certainly learned a lot. I think there's still a lot more I, I do need to learn. So let's let's keep in touch and hopefully I can kind of educate myself more as we go. And hopefully I can do that at the same time as gorging on cookies, obviously, because that's, yeah, <laughs> that's the key part, right? That is the aim, um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And yeah, just look after yourself. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on and have a damn good day. There we go. Evie Waxman of Damn Good. Some very big lessons in there today for me. And hopefully some words of wisdom for those of you that maybe might suffer with an eating disorder or know someone that you think might be. I'm always intrigued by founder-led businesses that were initially kind of set up to scratch the itch of the founder. They experience a problem and they set about solving it. And in that process, kind of realize that, yeah, you know what? Others could benefit from this too. And they make their mission to go and help more people do that. I'd be keen to hear more about your experiences with this topic. Perhaps you've had an eating disorder yourself and you've got some advice on what help or solutions are out there that you found useful. So please do get in touch with your thoughts on cpi at soundquake.co.uk. That's cpi for creating a positive impact at soundquake.co.uk. And as always, please feel free to give me any suggestions for people, businesses, organizations that you'd like to see on the show.
Today's shout outs from Evie were the great people at Seed. Uh, that's S E E D. They're a charity doing some great work for people with eating disorders. You'll find links in the show notes to Seed and, of course, to Damn Good Themselves, where you can go on their website, go on their socials. You can find out more about their new campaigns and how you can get involved. And I'll be back next week. Until then, consider this thought. And this is likely to have first been said by Eleanor Roosevelt. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent.